This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. All right, what's up, everybody? This is Rich from the Post America Podcast. This next uh, thing we're putting up is something new for us. We've never did an over-the-phone interview, but we got some new gadgets, and we figured we'd try it out. With this interview, we hit up our man, Scotty Banks, who was mentioned. uh, He was on our, our podcast in the past. Check that interview out. But he was also mentioned during uh, our John Joseph interview and a lot of people were asking us questions and wanted some some clarity on some of the topics John Joseph brought up so me and uh Scotty talk and we had a good time and uh right off the bat I asked him about the whole deal with Harley and this and that that, that John talked about and it's, it's crazy stuff man but Scott's a great guy and his perspective on things is awesome so like I said this is over the phone it's not the greatest quality but Every once in a while, you know, we got to give you what you want. And uh, we know you want Scotty Banks, so enjoy this. Back with Scotty Banks, Post-America Podcast. I got to go to the elephant in the room, Scott. We had John Joseph on podcast. It was great. You know, that character, he's enlightening. There's a lot of of cool shit going on with him. Of course, his feud comes up. And, uh, you know, the thing with Harley and, and... Chromax back and forth, and he 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 throws some stuff that really caught me off guard. He mentions that back in the day, during your situation, Harley is is the uh, a, a guy in the mix that that ratted you out, and uh, I confirmed with you know I confirmed that with you on the side, but we never talked about it on the podcast. Well, he made a statement. He called the police and made a statement. I to the ninth precinct, ninth precinct homicide division, you know, on the lower east side of Manhattan. He called it because he knew they were looking for me. Uh-huh. So you know, they they put out the phone call, you know, uh, the the phone number. If anyone sees this person, you know, has information, call. So you know, uh, he called. He seen me in Central Park, which is true. He seen me in Central Park, and I said hello to him, and he like frowned at me, screwed up his face. Didn't say anything, so I just kept it moving. I was like, fuck it, whatever. He must be in the mood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I end up getting locked up maybe about two weeks, two, maybe almost three weeks later. And, you know, I'm all wrapped up in that, so I'm not thinking about, you know, or or imagining or contemplating who did what. I'm focusing on what they have against me, the fact they're not giving me bail. I'm stuck on Rikers Island, you know, so... I don't know anything about any of this background stuff. Yeah. I end up going to my pre-trial motions. You know, you go to your pre-trial hearings, and, you, you know, you got Wade hearing, Huntley hearing, you know, you got discovery. You know, the, the DA has to turn over evidence to the lawyer. Your, your defense attorney turns over evidence to them. And they started reading things into the record. You know, like who they have testifying against me, Who's testifying on my behalf? You know, all, and which witnesses are going to be called forward, and all of that type of you know legal stuff that happens yeah. during a trial proceeding. Well, one of the people they, that they pull up, they say, uh, you know, you know, on this docket, this docket number, blah 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 blah, we have uh, a one eyewitness that's seen him in Central Park. His name is Harley Flanagan. Well, so when they said that, I'm oh. I'm, I'm in a suit. I'm in a suit and tie yeah. sitting next to my lawyer. And I just turn and I look at my lawyer and my lawyer doesn't know who Harley is. He just knows the, the name of a person. I call. And I, and I whispered to him and I was like, I, you know, I know this guy, you know, but I, I didn't, I, but I was just had to sit there and be heartbroken. Like, yeah, I was like, yo, I looked up to this dude. This is, this is family to me. And you fucking, you call the cops, I, I you know, on occasion, you know, in the in the past when I was a kid, I've lifted your amp for you. See, so, you know, you know, the Chromags are playing. Yo, help move the equipment. You know, 
<laughs> so himself, he's a popular figure down there, right? At the time, he's yeah, man, a, a royalty. Listen, Metallica, Metallica, world loves Metallica. <laughs> greatest, one of the greatest bands of all time. They listened to the Cro-Mags. Yeah. They're wearing Cro-Mags t-shirts and hats. Yeah. <laughs> the Metallica. Metallica's listening to Cro-Mags, so that should tell you how, how famous the Cro-Mags were at that time, man. So the Cro-Mags are flying the flag for all of you guys down there. Oh, man. Listen, dude, there, was a, there was some bands down there at that time that really, really put us on the map globally. But the, the two that stand out are obviously are, are Cro-Mags and Agnostic Front. But, you know, but you, you, you can't take nothing away from Murphy's Law and Sheer Terror, too, because they, they were doing it at that time, too. Yeah. Sick of, sick of it all were the new kids on the block. They were the, they, they were the, the, the up and coming, but they were so aggressive and so fucking pure that, you know, everybody was like, yo, sick of it all, man. This is the future of the funk. We talking like 1989. Yeah. And then you have like the metal bands, the metal band, metal core bands, and, Bands that were part of our scene that were, you know, the guys in those bands were well loved, like Nuclear Assault, you know, J John Connolly, those guys are all cool. Bands that we've seen all the time and we pretty much grew up with, like Overkill, you know, and of it's course, Anthrax. All, all of those bands, even multiple styles, all from basically that, you know. That region, yeah. Yeah, that region, a few miles outside of that radius. <laughs> Not and they all from the Lower East Side, but that in New York. Just, general. just the, 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 well, you, you know how they always say the, the, the tri-state area. Yeah. You know, the, the tri-state. And it's kind of weird. I always thought that was weird, but, you know, whatever, the colonialists did it. You know, I don't know. <laughs> they say the, the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. But, if, you know, as much as I love Connecticut, you know, I get it. And, you know, I guess the way the colonialists did it on the map or, you know, the government did it later, I always felt Philly was the third state. You know, like if I, if, yeah, I was at Pennsylvania. I always felt like, all right, I love Connecticut. I ain't taking nothing from them, you know. And, you know, hate breed is, is, you know, there's a lot of great bands that come from there and a lot of great universities and everything. I get it. But I feel more of a connectedness. I I feel more of a connectedness to PA, maybe because I lived there for a while. I'm more familiar with, you know, the scene there and everything. But, you know, tri-state area, I was like, oh, why New York, New Jersey, Connecticut? <laughs> Not New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Oddly enough, where I live in Pennsylvania is considered the greater New York area. This is what I'm saying. It's connected all the way across, too. Like we have, we have all like our channels are all the New York channels, and and I looked because somebody said 20 million people live in the greater New York region. So I looked it up, and it was like it was New York, uh, a little a little north of there from Manhattan, going west over North New Jersey and right into Northeast PA. And I was like, oh shit, it goes that far. Yeah, man. This is this is like the workers of. Of the city, all live in this region. But oh look, yeah, we're getting sidetracked though. We're getting sidetracked. You, you yeah, back back to the topic. Yeah, you're sitting in there, and this guy, you hear this name of a guy that you you consider a friend, you respect, a, a local scene uh, phenom, and that that fucking put a a nail in your fucking stomach, no? Oh man, I mean it's fucking heartbreaking. But like how uh, there was. Like at that point, there's no chance of ever asking about it for years to come, really, right? Because you're never gonna. Yeah, you're not gonna come in contact with the person. Yeah, maybe, even maybe years later. Front, yeah. And was that the, that's the main thing he did? He basically saw you somewhere. Yeah, he saw me and called the cops. But the, the, the thing, the thing that you know, for all of us and probably most of your listening audience are, are you know men and women that were hardcore kids, punk hours still are, you know, and. They, they know they know the rules. There are unwritten rules for punk rock kids, you know, kids from the street that uh, we abide by. And given light to this, the band in question that this guy plays for, they made the some of the of these rules. They're the writers of these rules. Like they, they they're orators of these rules. They made the, the rhythm and the beat through these rules. And John Joseph sang them. 
you know, you, you hear a song like fucking Street Justice, and then you, you don't say no more. You, know, you don't, you don't call the cops. This is Street Justice for you and me. You, you listen. Hard times coming through. Yeah. <laughs> but if you hard, they won't come to you. Gonna try to force us into the ground. Never surrender. Never go down. Yo, listen. But it's probably easy for you to maintain the love for the music because it's John Joseph front in the band. Well, it's not even that. I mean, it is that because I love him. You know, he, you know, he's my big brother and all. But no, the words are true, though. They're pure. I mean, listen. The word, the wording, the wording of what what these songs are saying are true. It could been these songs could have been sung by somebody I didn't know. Yeah. You know, some cat from California that you know, like. I all right here here I'll give you an example. My favorite band is Slayer. Mm-hmm. I met Slayer one time when I was a kid at the Cat Club, and my brother Peter Talisatis and I, we were too young to even be in the club. We sat there and got drunk with them, and of course all the you know world touring these guys have done and all the stuff they see, they can't possibly remember, you know, a fifteen year old kid, black kid with a mohawk. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, a Greek, a Greek kid with a mohawk. Well, you know, cause, and when they were shit faced, Dave Lombardo was, was there. I mean, this is 19, this is 1985. Mm-hmm. So it was the, the end of 85. And they were on their hella weight score. But that's a band of, of people that I don't have a personal relationship with, but I love their music so much. And, and you know the intensity and the, you know the, the beauty that is Slayer. I, yeah. I, I go with the words. John Joseph, I'm just lucky and blessed to know him as you know as a brother. And uh, but the, the the lyrics gonna ring true. Cromag's lyrics is gonna be, and, and that's part that's part of the reason why I I didn't stop listening to it. Yeah. The songs that they made. They didn't write them for me individually, but every one of them fucking songs is about me. Yes. And they're about every hardcore kid, every kid that had to come up in the streets, had to, you know, got called freak and faggot and weirdo, and but we still held it down and still fought. Those songs are about us. Those songs are about me. That's why I'll never stop listening to Cro-Mags. That, that, yeah. That's the song, you know, this is Songs of the Streets. Survival of the Streets. That's beautiful that you can separate it. Of course! Any, any thinking man could separate, you know, the, you know, the, the, the beauty or the knowledge they can acquire from the thing. They, they would, they would separate them from their source. If the source itself was fucked up, but, you know, they, they touched on a jewel. Yeah. You know, you, you take the jewel for what it's worth, but, you know, you get rid of that source. Yeah. And that source basically, like, okay, so you look at the band, you, you keep the affection for the band, the love for the band, it's powerful, it hits you, you relate. But as the, as the individual member who you just looked at as a friend and, and maybe somebody you looked up to, how, how do you feel about that? What's the, you, you, well, I see this takes a lot of time and growth. I don't, I don't expect anybody to just jump up and do this. This, I, I didn't, I wasn't like this when the news first broke. Yeah. I went through anger, hurt, confusion, and, and violence. Yeah. I wanted to tear shit down. Uh-huh. But as time progressed and I'm in prison and I'm learning, I'm getting older and I'm becoming way more secure with myself. I said, man, People are going to do in your life, if, they're, if you allow them to be in your life, people are going to do in your life what they feel is right at the time that they do it. Mm-hmm. it. It might not be right to you, but they feel it's right to them. So now, the lesson learned here, here is you've got to be mindful of who you have in your fucking life. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you don't give a motherfucker an opportunity to fucking call the cops on you or treat you away, you know, a negative way. No. Be mindful of who the fuck you have in your... All right, you you live and you learn. You got burned. Yeah. But now the lesson here is don't do that shit again. 
Don't, don't have the love and put faith in a motherfucker that won't stand up for you. Regardless of the beautiful words he's saying and what he's propagating, skinhead, hardcore, stand on your own two feet. Damn, yo, I'm feeling that, son. Yo, them words, man, they affect me. And then you turn out to be a fucking rat. Yo, I'm still hardcore. I still stand on my own two feet. You fell short of the grace and the glory of God. I touch hands with God. Yes. I love that shit, man. This, yeah, it's just it's my, it was mind blowing when I heard it. I mean, I, I I don't I met Harley a few times throughout the years, and uh, I never had an issue with him. But his online persona and his his flaws and his ego are so incredible. It's hard to like. Well, watch this, homie. This says a lot about a man too. Mm-hmm. When you lash out on people in some type of medium where they can't get at you. Yeah. You, 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 you're calling people out and you're making comments and, and saying shit, but you're doing it in a forum where other people can't, you know, hold a, a, a debate with you. Yeah. They, you know, they, they can't defend, you know, what you're speaking out about against them. You know, they, they, they don't even know. They hear it secondhand, thirdhand. So that tells you a lot about the individual. Yeah. Once again, be mindful. It tells you a lot about the individual you're dealing with. Uh-huh. This is the thing I used to tell my students, man, all the time. You know, when I was teaching classes in prison, I would, I would say, yo, if if you're if you're a clown, then what would your enemies be? Your enemies would be fucking clowns too. Yo, listen. Be mindful of who you have as a friend. If, if, you know, if, if if you're if you're if you're around a bunch of wise men, guys striving for perfection, then what you gonna be? You're gonna subsequently gonna become a wise man too. Don't find yourself around clowns. Yeah. You you know clowns. You know a man is. A man is not judged by his friends. A man is judged by his enemies. So if all your enemies are clowns, use a fucking clown too. I got you. I got you. But so now when you, you look back at the thing, all right, I made a mistake. I, you know, I allowed the wrong person in my life. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going to learn from it. Coming, you, know? you can't. You, yes, you can. Yeah. In the naivete of our youth. That's where usually, you know, that's where we start learning because we're young and we think we know fucking everything, and we don't. If you look back to then, to that point in your life, were there things now you realized about Harley that you didn't realize then that might have given you a red flag? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. There's things I learned about a lot of lot of people. Yeah. Famous people. And, you know, you start learning. Plus, I was reading, like, really deep literature in prison. I think, you know, we, we, we harp on it here and there. We speak about it. But I, I don't really think the listening audience have an idea of what I was reading. Yeah. In prison. What I was reading in prison helped me analyze people too. Like I, I had Sigmund Freud's interpretation of dreams. I had Carl Jung books. You know, I, I had a whole bunch of history books, you know, Alexander the Great, you know, Attila the Hun. I had whole, like, whole biographies of like, I had three different types of Sun Tzu's Art of War. I had the Golden No Show, the Book of Five Rings. I had so many books and books by Dr. Ivan Van Sertimer, Shank, Diop, you know, a, a, a lot of empowering black uh, history professors. You know, I, I read for years and taught classes for years. So me analyzing and a, a someone and a situation, there, there's a lot of cross-referencing, you know, a material there with me, mm-hmm. psychologically, sociologically, you know, how, how, how was a person's household? Were they raised with their parents? Were they raised with their mom and dad? Was there drugs involved? You know, yeah, I started taking all those things into consideration too with the people I've met and say, damn, why the fuck did he do that? Why the fuck did she do that? You start learning about the background of these people and what 
what they've seen, what they've gone through, and you you get your answer in those things. Okay. If you just if you're just hanging out with someone new now, and you know, I, I don't want anybody to be paranoid. I definitely don't want that. I want everybody to you can to have give shit. Everybody sideways now. No, no, no. I don't want that to happen. Who's this guy? You, Juan, who's this guy? Yeah, you know what are they up to? No, I I don't want anybody to be like that. But you know, like doing immediate background checks on a motherfucker. But if their behavior in front of you shows you a couple of things, you'll have your signs there. Exactly. And you know, somebody will jump up and go, "Oh, maybe a guy had a bad day. Maybe the girl just wasn't feeling it, and she had a little." She doesn't act like that all the time. No, bro. There's fucking certain things that people do that reveal them. They reveal them. I, 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 listen, that sounds like a song, don't it? I love it. They reveal them. Like, <laughs> yo. What is that? There was a song that was the truth will now yeah. be revealed. Oh, All I Wore has a sample right before. There you go. Hardcore is ahead of, of, ahead of its time. I listen to that. Hardcore. This is what I'm talking about, bro. You know, that, you you mentioned uh, Alexander the Great earlier. You know, yeah, it was, his, it was his birthday yesterday. Yeah, the great, the great general and his great horse. Yeah, do you know we actually, we actually decided to release our album on his birthday? The album's called "Nothing in Nature Respects Weakness," and who yeah. better than to release it on his birthday? But also the day Bruce Lee died. And also the day that Sitting Bull surrendered to save his followers. Damn, that's the fuck. That's there's always something behind the wisdom of change, right? You know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Side that sidetrack that sidetracked it. The way you handle that, man, is is impressive. And then you explained that maybe at first you weren't as uh, enlightened because you didn't have the understanding of why this went down, how this could happen. And after some self-education, you realize. And yeah, you realize, man, that everybody, everybody is not who they say they are. Mm-hmm. Some people just rolling with the rush. Yeah. You know, some you people basically the the reason that why I guess that one that if you split the crow mags and you say, okay, the Civil War is John Joseph or Harley Harley Flanagan, and the reason. I mean, it's easy to see why one member is really not around and why one is welcome with open arms everywhere. Listen. It's the character. I've, you know, checked the scene since I've been home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, looked at the terrain and, you know, people got their thoughts and their opinions Mm -hmm. about people, you know, other, other guys and all. Only thing I can tell you is this. I see John. I've seen John when I went down to the city. I've seen John when he came up here to play at a upstate concert hall. Every time I see John, he hugs me and kisses me. I was at yeah. the New York Hardcore Chronicles. Drew, Drew Stone, I love you, brother. Happy birthday, too. You know both our birthdays fast. Uh, and I've seen John, man. John hugs me and kissed me right on the lips. Mm. I see John at shows, performing. I'm up there screaming in the mic with him. All of us are jumping all over each other like we're 16-year-old kids at the Cro-Mag show back in the day. Yeah. Listen, I haven't seen Harley since I've been home. I don't see nobody hugging him. Mm-hmm. If you need to know any more, just, just fucking examine that. Who, yeah, who, very interesting. Very interesting. Who, who's, who's there? Yeah. Who's putting their vegan recipes on, on in the Internet? Who's cooking uh, like gourmet vegan food? Who's doing triathlons? My brother, John is doing that. You know, what's, what's Scotty doing? Scotty detailing cars, but Scotty writing poetry, Scotty trying to record shit, you know, Scotty hanging with his people, showing love to everybody, making inspirational videos. You know, yeah. Scotty, Scotty's living, he's doing his thing. I'm not in hiding. So, you know, you can, you, you measure people by what they give you, man. Exactly. And, and it's clear, it's a clear, it's a clear cut thing. And I didn't really want to, you know, talk about that stuff with you, like I said, but it was such a big Why? deal. Yeah, you know, I don't know. You want to know the truth? People make it bigger than it really is. The big story here is not all of that. Yeah. The big story here is 
I'm home, I'm free, I'm good. That is the big story. That's the, the big... On the original podcast we had, that's that's what we focused on. If people want to go back into the archives, and, and, that one. And like I had said earlier, there's, there's another big story here. The, the, the big story here is, with them, you know, is, is the history. It's the, it's the music that was made. You know, this one, you know, one person don't get along with the next person. Somebody left bad, whatever be the case. Yeah, but the music itself, all of them are responsible for making it. The music is that important to you? It, the, 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 the music, the music, the history of a hardcore scene, you know, and forever and always, you know, for that contribution. And, you know, on, on a side note, looking at Harley, yes, we can easily jump up and he's a this, he's a this, and fuck him, and blah, blah, blah. But, yo, he's the father of two kids. Mm-hmm. And they're two boys with beautiful kids. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, you know, should a, should, a, should a child suffer for the sins of the father? No, they need love, too, and they need nurturing and teaching, too. So you, you got to see things bigger and better, man. We get so caught up in the moment, and, you know, we, we forget the things behind each of us. We, you know, we forget about the spirits within. You know, we, we look at all the surface, and we're mad, you know, somebody did me wrong, somebody stole money from me, some, you know, somebody, you know, whatever we're mad at this other person for, but we, we, we're not failing to see the child there. Mm-hmm. You know, each one of us has a mother, so we're a child to someone and a father. You, you, you might forget to see the parent there. No, in your mind, you're mad at the dude, so you're only seeing the douchebag here that I want to punch in his fucking face. <laughs> right? But exactly. when, you, when you calm down and you really think about it, yo, man, we got to think better, man. We got to be better, man. And and if we allow these people to be in our lives, we're the ones that really fucked up. Yeah. Not not them. for They, they won't for what they did to us. But, man, if we didn't allow these motherfuckers in the door, we wouldn't be having these problems. Incredible. You and you got to be accountable for yourself. And listen, so the, the almost the nearly twenty six years you spent behind bars, mm-hmm. how important was music or this kind of music, our thing? How important was that in in keeping you fighting through that whole through that whole? Well, thing? I'm gonna tell you a funny. It's now that we're looking back on it, it's a funny dynamic. Mm-hmm. Punk rock music. Is not is not easy to find. Yeah. You know, there, there's yeah, other probably early in your early in your bit, right? Even even right now, I mean, it's easier because we have the internet and everything, and you could download and you could order online, which you know, credit card, debit card, whatever. You know, uh, but still, there's up and coming bands. There's guys that didn't drop the EP yet, the seven inch, but the bands are crushing. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers playing, they playing good. And then somebody puts you on, yo, check this shit out. Mm-hmm. Like, what you got there, Richie? Yo, new, new band, new band from, from Chicago. What? I'm going to tell you two, two new bands right now, so just to keep the example going from Philly. Please Die and Done Deal. I'm going to hand those Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep I like what's, banks. I like what's go coming. Ahead, go ahead with the thing. Go ahead with the thing. And, uh, you know, punk rock is, is hard to find because it's not, a popular music, mm. and, and it's kind of, it's spread out too because you got genres and subgenres of our music. Like when when <laughs> I came home, I never knew of a terminology called beatdown. Okay, like somebody said, "Oh, this is beatdown music." So I was like, "Well, what the fuck is that?" I somewhat get it, but I don't get it. Well, you're like, "No, it's hardcore, dude. This is a fucking hardcore band." No, Scotty, that's a beatdown band. And I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about? It's a hardcore band. They playing and drop tuning." Mm-hmm. These fucking dudes are playing in D or some shit, or they're playing a seven string. They're playing fucking uh, 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 drop A in yeah, their they fucking. Go they go deep, doom, 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 and you're like, ooh, this shit is fucking. You know, this shit sounds hard, right? It's crushing. They're like, oh, Scott, that's beat down music. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, hardcore and, and punk and metal is still hard because there's so many genres of it and so much good shit out there. So, you know, so now imagine being in prison mm-hmm. where you don't have access, you don't have access, and the, the music that you listen to is already hard to come by. Yeah. So 
I would hold on to dear life for every tape I had. I had, at one time, I had 56 tapes. Wow. But I would alternate them, and I was only allowed to have 25. But I had 56 tapes, yeah. and on these tapes were, I had, I had Scratch the Surface, Built to Last, and Call to Arms, Sick of It All. I had Agnostic Front, uh, uh, Victim in Pain. I had Victim in Pain, Cause for Alarm. Liberty and Justice. And one voice. One, one voice. Our rise will be your fall. Yeah. With force, we'll crush. Now's the time to demolish your wall. It's <laughs> my yeah. son. Yo, man, that's, that's my son right there. Yeah. I fucking love Roger, man. Oh, happy birthday, big brother. There's another cancer in the house. Roger, I love you, brother. Yo, did you read his book yet? Yeah, incredible. Oh, my God. Yo, listen. I love that book, man. That's like that's like a Bible to any Caribbean kid, you know, that comes over as an immigrant or who was born to an immigrant family. I, I definitely, man. Well, he had a, we interviewed him, and uh, after I read the book, and it was during a lot of the immigrant talk and refugee talk here in America. And I said, what Oh yeah, because you yourself, you were a refugee, and maybe you could give perspective to these people that are very cold and cut and dry. That you know. And here you are, and you're in the you're in the Yo, you, you, you went yeah. through the process. And... You know what? What? I'm, I'm gonna go like this though on that on that topic. What? You know, if I gotta tell somebody to be benevolent, mm-hmm. then then I might as well not tell them. Good point. Good point. If I gotta tell you, man not to be understanding of the plight of another human being, then maybe you're not worth the effort. Yeah. Why is it so hard for them to put themselves in someone else's shoes for a moment? Yo, listen. If we're in the fire, we all get burned. Uh So we got to get away from the fire, right? And that don't matter if you're white, black, Latino, Asian, native, whatever. If we're in the fire, we're going to get burned. So we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yo, take care of each other. How is how is that so hard? Well, we're divided by race. We understand that. We're divided by religion. But come on, man. Yeah. You're seeing fucking kids in detention centers, and you're going to make a justification for it? Get, would you want your kids to be in that situation? Get the yeah. fuck out of here. I, if I got to explain to a motherfucker to be empathetic, sympathetic to other people, then you're really not worth the fucking effort. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell it's almost a debate that you, you're not going to win. Because you're not going to win the debate because they're going to keep telling you some other sidebar shit, and you're going to be looking at the other dude like, or, or lady, like, yo, is this person for real? Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's a weird thing going on in this country with that sort of stuff right now, just this kind of cut and dry, no-nonsense bullshit. That they want to act like being like that and acting like that and not showing any compassion is the American way and that the law is the law. Like if, if the law was the law and we never decided to make a move or make a change, where would this country be right now? It wouldn't be a country. It would be, it would be the, you know, a shithole that it was a hundred years ago. It would be, you know, you make laws when you see injustice and, oh, this law is, is hurting people. We change the law. That's progress. These people are acting like there's no reason to ever change anything, and yeah, it's just it's a weird situation. But well, let's get well, back to the music. Yeah. Uh, in, in the joint with this fucking music. Oh yeah, man. I I had napalm death. I had napalm death. Fear emptiness and despair. I had napalm death. Diatribes. I had mad ball. You know, set it off and demonstrated my style. I had look my way. You know, I I I had. You know, Hoya used to send me tapes too from Roadrunners. You know, uh, Madball first label, they were on Roadrunner records. And yeah. Hoya would send me factory direct, you know, and promotional stuff because they were on tour. You know, they were on tour and they started getting bigger and bigger and, and you know, going around and start doing fests and everything. So I would get, uh, get an occasional box of that's that's how I got put on to Life of Agony. 
Oh, yeah, by Yeah, Roadrunner yeah. Products. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, what's this, man? I'm fucking missing this. And so you, you had your ear to the street pretty good. Oh, yeah. Well, I was blessed. I mean, and, you know, not many people. It's bad enough to be in that circumstance, but how many people have, you know, a hardcore family that's in successful bands, you know, doing their thing? You know, and I was fortunate in that, that, uh, you know, I, I, I still was connected with, with brothers who were creating music, you know, started getting the graffiti art, started turning into like bigger projects, wall murals and, you know, and, and, and tattooing and, you know, and then, oh, oh, and one of the greatest, probably, hands down, probably the greatest when it's all said and done. The greatest ambassador of hardcore that there, that, that there's gonna be is, is my brother Danny, man. Yeah. Danny Diablo, man. Oh, sure. <laughs> Lord Ezek is the ambassador of our fucking shit. And I mean, he, listen, Crown of Thorns, Scarhead, he took this out west and flipped it and bounced it, man, and it'll rock. Yeah. What? Yo, listen, Danny, Danny single-handedly circumnavigated the globe with, with the story of our lives. Mm-hmm. With hip-hop beats, heavy music, fucking tattoos, graffiti, graffiti. everything. That's Danny by himself, which is yeah. awesome. Awesome. And, and uh, I, I don't think that other musicians... You know, other people in our world, they they, they give the, the amount of credit and love to Danny for that, man. Danny Danny truly is an ambassador of New York hardcore, the hardcore scene, punk rock in general, and just independent thought, man. Mm. Somebody that's willing to thumb their nose, man, at, you know, the corruptionist society or, you know, the, the uh, indoctrination, you know. <laughs> You know, pulling the blinds over the eyes of people. Danny, Danny has always been against that. And Danny's always been in the forefront to say, yo, man, think outside of the box. You know, don't, don't be like the rest of society. Yeah. And Danny took that message all the way around the world. So, you know. He was like a New York hardcore pioneer. He's, he's, he's in the next, in the next level. Thanks, man. What? Just that Danny's in the next level. We're gonna talk about. No, I was talking about my brother Danny, but no, you, Danny, you in the next level too, right now. You touching hands with Buddha right now. You know what I'm saying? He's a, I'll meet a Buddha. Yes, yes, yo, we gotta get some curry chicken. Because of that, we are gonna get curry chicken for lunch. Ooh. Might go to the What's Vietnamese rest, Vietnamese What's restaurant and live it up. Yo, man, listen, it might be the spot. Curry chicken is what's so. Yeah. Fuck that curry chicken up. But yo, man, uh, yo, I mean, pioneers of the hardcore. I mean, that's in, that's in the group that's a little older than us, you know. That's all, you know, Ian, true, true. Ma- Ian McKay and a traveler, more of a traveler. Oh yeah, he he he. It's like, you know, there was first gear and then there was second gear. Danny's like fucking third gear and nitrous, you know. Then, you know, you had the first year. The first year was like Minor Threat, Ian McKay, and Bad Brains, and DOA, and, you know, and then the second year came, and there was, you know, Agnostic Front, and Warzone, and Comex. Then the third year came, and the fucking car just, you know, flew down Northern Boulevard, and here come this red hair. Here come this red hair. It's Diablo. Yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> Playing screaming in a cell, telling you can suck my dick. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, and, and this is my brother. I fucking love Danny, man. I love my Danny, man. You know, he's, you know and he he fucking took this shit around the world. And well, we got a we have another ambassador of the hardcore too. So and, and this is like, if Danny is the ambassador of this, this one here is like. This one is like the 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 Buddha, you know. He's like the traveling shaman of of it all. It scammed us, bro. Oh wow! <laughs> all right, look, 
you you know you 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 got influential brothers that have gone around and they they carry in this flag mm-hmm. on their own. Yeah, he's you know when they get to some spots that nobody gets to. He's going to remote areas, man. That all the beautiful people smiling. You know he's eating good food. I remember I was in Florida and I stayed over at a house, you know, with, with him and Felix. And I got up in the morning, and this was like one of the best, best experiences. You know, it's just good to be with your family, good to be home. And, you know, they came and they, they comforted me because my grandmother had just died. My grandmother died like two days prior, so this is like Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. And I wake up and go to brush my teeth, man, you know, freshen up. And Scam Dust is in, in the kitchen, man, making breakfast. Beautiful. You know, we, I, I think we had, we, we had eggs, eggs with cheese, you know, queso, we, you know, some avocado. We, and we were there, man. And he made, he made breakfast, man. And we just kicked it. And he gave me a hug. He was like, yo, how you doing, brother? You know, cause, cause grandma just died. And I, you know, I, I was fucked up, but just overwhelmed with joy just to be with my brother, man. And then sit out next to the pool and smoke cigars. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, scam. Check this Scam. out. I saw I saw a picture of Scam Dust at Machu Picchu chilling with a llama. This this is what I'm so. saying. He is the high priest. Danny is the ambassador. Scam is the high priest of hardcore. He's the high priest of hardcore. He gets to those remote spots, bro. Definitely. I got to get him on here. Oh man, you, you get I, you get him on there. I want to be on there too. I want to be so we could we if we got we were down there. We were dancing around the fire. This is like late at night. It's like twelve thirty at night. Mm-hmm. Everybody and we got a fucking fire going in the backyard. And Scam and I got our shirts off dancing around the fire. Damn, that's great. Nothing to fuck with. Damn, he's he looking. Yeah, he's just Scam. Yeah, motherfucker. I was like, oh my god, this is so fucking great. We were fucking hammered. So, did you grow up with Scam Dust or, or no? No, I I didn't. They were like, we're in the same neighborhood, and these brothers are writing graffiti, and. Kind of like just a step away from us, you know, because there was a lot of crews back then, and I was in Manhattan a lot of the time. But I, you know, I would come, I would come to Queens, and you know, I hang out with the fellas and go back to the city. And then I had an apartment in Brooklyn, you know, when I was living in South Third and Bedford, mm-hmm. and uh, in Williamsburg. So you know, some of the some of the guys were friends with with Danny, were friends with Hoya. And they they learned of me later, you know. They were friends with MQ, you know, other graffiti writers. Man, I love you, MQ. And uh, so, who's one of your oldest friends within the scene? Is it Hoya? Bundy Blunts, Dominic Bundy Blunts, uh, Dominic Dirty Dom, and Hoya. That was the, the, the Rat Pack. Oh well, you know. It's, some of our uh, one dear brother is is dead now. Uh, Eastside Beatsy Double O, you know Saab Saab also from back then too. He was around with back. Then. I mean Saab Saab is there. God God rest his soul. You know Saab. And then you got Minus Minus was back there too. You know Happy Birthday, little brother. You know me, me and Minus and I both got the same birthday. We both June twenty seventh. Nice. And uh, so yeah, we all go from uh, you know Rico. Big Rico, boss, soon again, my love, uno, not soon see you, you hear me? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, there's quite a few from back then. Well, you know, what I really love to see is people that were on the scene back then, but I didn't know them, they, or they lived in another state, but they've been doing this just as long as me. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, hey, we never. We, a lot of lifers of this thing has been doing this from day one and still around and and still loving it, still reaping the benefits from it and giving back to it. And it's nice. I love when somebody puts on an old piece of music, and and like nobody says anything. They don't. They, they don't say anything. We just start rocking to the music. Yeah, and it's like because you know, and it's like yo. 
you 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 transported back in that time when that yeah. music you know had was fresh and just came out, and you might look over and say, "Yo, that's that shit, son." Uh-huh. You know, you, you nodding your head like I, I heard Uniform Choice not too long ago, and it, and I was like, "Yo, man, this was the fucking shit back then, boy." Nice. You know, you hear a uniform choice, it made me happy, you know. It's, it's, it's insane to think of, the, like, when you just recite these random lyrics all the time, it's insane to think how much stuff is in your head from music, whether you memorize the riff, the melody of the vocals, the vocals themselves, the lyrics, everything. It's amazing, it's amazing, but it's not, in your head. it's amazing, but it's not amazing. I mean, it's amazing on the surface because we're negating the fact that we're not using 100% of our mental capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The brain is, the, the mind is fucking infinite. So we're only using 7% of our mental capacity in remembering what we're remembering now. Yeah. Man, listen, your brain is not amazing in that because your brain should store everything. Yeah. It probably the ability, if you have the ability to, you know, subconsciously you do record everything, but you know, people people only hear to this. Yeah. They they hear to the lie. They 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 put they put their lives in faith and not in science. Mm. You know. Yeah. I, I believe I believe in God. Why would you believe in God if God is a part of your tangible reality? Why don't you just say I know God? Mm. Why would you believe him for? You know. Yeah. Uh, you know. You hear me all the time make the reference say. I am hardcore. Yes, I heard you say that many times. Listen, I don't listen to hardcore. I am hardcore. Yo, I don't, I, I don't, I don't listen to hardcore. I am hardcore. Now, I hope somebody goes out and makes the damn shirt. I want one two X. Now, how do you feel about? You you are hardcore. How do you feel about everything that stemmed out from kind of something you you and a friend started back in uh, in your areas back in the day? And look now, you look over here, you look over there, you see remnants of it, new versions of it. Uh, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like does that 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 makes you feel a certain way? Do you feel a, a, like maybe a pride, or do you feel? Oh yeah, man. I, I of course I have pride. Of course, of course, I of course I have pride. Uh, I feel I feel overwhelmed with joy. I mean, you, you, it's something that I created, and it's still here. And many of the people, many of the family brothers involved, are doing good for themselves. I'm fucking <laughs> no greater gift I could give a person. Then, you know, some, some time and love uh-huh. and, you know, some, uh, 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 like-mindedness to let you know, yo, I'm in the struggle with you. I'm there for you. You know, that I'm yeah. going through shit with you, but we ain't going to do this shit alone. And that, that message that we had as kids, man, it, it stuck into adulthood. Yo, hold your brothers down, man. Uh huh. You know, even if we outnumbered, man, go out with a bang. Oh, and, and listen, it, it worked. It, it worked without me even being here. It was a prison. It still is working. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the, the single-handedly the greatest gift that, you know, somebody, you know, they, they wrote the Septuagint, you know, the 70 scholars. And from that, the Bible the early texts of the Bible were created. And then it was changed up, and they took some, because it was 72 books, they took six out, so when the King James Version came around, it's 66 books in the Bible. That shit still exists to this day. Mm. The people involved in it have been long dead. So, yeah, genius plan. We're going to create this fucking holy scripture, and you're going to love it. And, uh, listen, my, my family, my crew, and all the other people that I've influenced and other crews and, you know, people that I continue to influence, hey, man, I'm, I'm thankful, I'm grateful, and, and I love you all, man. I, no, no greater gift. 
than to be a part of something, man, so pure and so true. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you see it like that, man. You see, because a lot of people try to, you know, they try to downplay even people that are involved. You know, they mm-hmm. got kind of, ah, fuck the scene, you know, kind of. Mentality. You want you you want to you want to know something though? What? It took me a while to be- become the grace and the glory. It took me it took me a while to reach that level of the grace and the glory, right? Yeah. It's going to take time for those brothers and sisters that are feeling like that. Everybody's going to arrive at their time. Mm-hmm. You just got to let it be. If they're still around, they haven't left, well, they're still down. Yeah. They're, they're bitching and moaning about shit, but they, they just haven't, they haven't reached that level yet. I, I myself, I'm thankful I, I reached that level. Yeah, you really have, because you are hardcore. I am hardcore. See? Damn hardcore. I am hardcore. Mind if we bug that or what? Yeah, you could buy it. Yeah, I'm ready. You can take it. I just wanted to put a little touch up paint on shit that I've seen in the. No, do you can take it, brother. I'm a, I'm... Yeah, right there on the shelf. Right near Batman. Listen, I appreciate you talking while you're at work. And, uh. Oh, yeah, that was, that was my, my other brother here. We, we have a car for a customer. But, uh, no problem at all, man. If any of y'all looking for a used car, come to Denoria Direct, 2038 Central Avenue, Albany, New York. You can watch us online. Did they have Cadillacs? And we sold a CTS two weeks ago. I detailed that shit. It was gorgeous. Beautiful. That, that motherfucker just slide, bro. That shit don't glide. It slides. Huh? Next time you got a nice Cadillou in there, put it aside and give me a call. All right? I want to check it out Wait, before you get next, rid of it. Next time, say it again, little brother. Next time you got a nice new Cataloo in there, put it yeah. aside and give me a call. <laughs> we we do new cars, though. These are cars coming off of leases. It's the cars coming from the auction. So, you know. Nice, nice. So, listen, I'll let you go, and I might see you in a week. If this is hardcore Philly, I hope. If not, you know, we'll talk before then, though. Oh, yeah, we'll talk, man, and... You know, when you when you get a chance, brother, hit me up later today. And I love everybody, and I'll see you all soon. My man. All right. Respect. Take it easy. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Post-America Podcast will always be there for you. Don't forget that. Tune in next time for more fun with the boys. Until then, get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack, motherfucker! Who the fuck is this you in? This is post-America! You ain't shit, motherfucker! <laughs>